and welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope that this message from our lead pastor, Graham Heslop, both empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. All right. Big welcome. Good morning, everybody. Uh, If we've never met before, uh, if you're new, my name is Graham, uh, Graham Heslop. My wife, Rebecca, and I have the privilege of being part of the team here at Annersburg. And uh, so I was away last weekend. I was in Tauranga speaking, ministering at Inner Life Church. So I was very privileged, very blessed to be part of what God's doing there. Uh, imagine if God called you to the Bay of Plenty. What a terrible place to be called. It's a little bit like here being called to Nelson, isn't it? It's like, man, that's terrible. How could God do that to you? Uh, but it's a great church, great group of people, and felt so honoured to be able to just, you know, again, share out of who we are as a community of faith. Everything that God has done and is doing is going to do through our lives. Such an honour to be able to represent you like that and to uh, be part of what God's doing everywhere. Are you happy with who you're sitting next to? Okay, that's good. Not too late to change if you need to. Just jokes. I found these on the front row before. They're not going to fit me, but the baby ones, eh? Are they, whose are they? Eva's. Well, and her dad's the bass player. So I was thinking, man, she must hate his music. But um, I was just thinking, look, some of you guys, if you need to, oh, will I break it? Okay, sorry. My wife's in the front row. In case you're wondering who's going, no, 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 no. That's your wife. So um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I was just thinking, though, if you struggle with the music here, you can put, buy some of these, but you can get them with the, with the actual radio built in now too. You could be listening to News Talk ZB while we're, like you could do anything you want. So anyway, do you want them back, Josh? Do you want these? Yeah, these are your daughters, so. Oh, do you want me to throw them? I'll, I'll throw them down here. Great to have Lumiere in the rhythm section today. Well done. All right, let's get to the Word of God. What an honour it is to have the Word of God. Uh, people actually gave their lives, died. Um, translating it into English. Did you know that? It was just the anniversary the other day of Tyndale, Tyndale uh, being martyred for translating the Bible into English. And they were so fearful, the powers, religious powers that be, that people would get the word of God because in that moment, it would take away their power as priests and leaders that Bibles were chained to pulpits only one Bible, and it was in probably in Latin, or maybe even the original, we don't really know. But he believed that God wanted to speak to everybody. So he got hold of it, the chain document, began to translate it into English. And the powers and religious systems hated it so much. And barely any of, any of us read it this week. <laughs> anyway, good intro. Um, <laughs> just to relax one there for you. So let's go to the Word of God. (laughs) Love it. Got to love life. Got to love church. I want to talk about what we believe today. I've I've entitled this um, talk, This I Believe. This I Believe. The online dictionary says, to believe means to have confidence in the truth, the existence or the reliability of something, although without absolute proof. Belief means to have confidence in the truth, 
the existence or the reliability of something, although without absolute proof. And from that vantage point, everybody believes in something. When you sat down on that seat you're on this morning, you were believing. Such a deep belief that you didn't even question whether it would even hold you. Uh, we should actually do this as a pr prank next week. Just break a couple of the legs, you know, and just like have them tacked on. Jared, just a thought for you. Just have a couple tacked on and then people will no longer have faith in sitting down. <laughs> when you got into your car, the car you got into, you didn't even really think about it. You started talking, started thinking, started arguing, started singing. You started trying to tell the kids to be quiet. Such a deep, you just have absolute confidence that the car is going to work, that it's all going to be good, that this just is what you are so used to. It's so ingrained in you. That extends to, by the way, in our cars, our petrol gauges. Anybody like to play the game, how long before I run out game? So you're right. Anyone got a spouse like that? Come out in Jesus' name. So anyway, um, you're, you're driving and the gauge is going low, a lower, 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 lower. And then the light goes on and this is what I do. I just reset the case. Because I know I've got a 50, 50K window. The lights come on, 50K window. If you drive a Leaf or something like that, you're excluded from this illustration. You are the future, but you're still irrelevant. You know? So anyway, you push, you push reset, and you're driving, you're thinking, will I get there? Will I get there? Will I get there? Anyone really wanted to push it a bit further? That's faith. Faith is belief that actually you're going to be okay, and this thing actually works. We, we do it with light switches. You don't even think about it. Staircases. Did umbre umbrellas? Not really. Po possible areas this doesn't apply to is alarm clocks when something really important is coming up. Um, you second guess it. You think Steve Jobs was joking. You know, you, 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 you check it and check it and put on another one and another one. We should put on another alarm. Why? Because like if, if the first one's not going off, the second and third aren't either. You know, your battery's flat. No, blank faces. Um, airplanes. You know, you sit in the airplane and you begin to fly, and some of us are like, this will be the one. This will be the one that goes down. This is, no, this is going down, this fly. What was that rattle? What was that noise? Why does the host have that look on her face, or his face? You know, it's just that look, isn't it? And, um, and, and also, I don't want to talk about this here, but I'm going to. The fly on your pants. You know, I don't, I, I, no, I have a weird relationship with it. Because when you get up as a public speaker, you check once, twice, three times, four times, five times. It's just a lack of faith. And in many ways, you know, to understand that we're actually as humans wired to believe is a huge step forward when it comes to understanding who God is. I, I believe, I believe, <laughs> I believe that right now we really need to look at what we believe. I really feel like the time we're living in, um, we might have, could have talked about it 10 years ago, we probably did. But we really, really need to look deeply at what is it that I believe? This is the era. This is the time. First or second Timothy talks about in the last days, people will leave behind sound doctrine, will follow all sorts of weird and wonderful ways, not so wonderful the outcomes of it. They will reject the truth. And we see too that in the, in the scriptures, it's prophesied about a great end time harvest or harvest people who actually don't want to be swept away with just meaningless teaching of just whatever. But we actually, I just feel like even beyond that prophetic utterance, we really need, we're living in a time where you really need to know what it is you believe. In 2 Timothy 1.12, Paul does this really unusual thing. 
He's writing to Timothy, a spiritual son. And it's in the second letter that we have. He may have written more letters, we're not really sure. But he's encouraging Timothy about his own faith. He's encouraging Timothy about what he believes and what he holds fast to. And during it, Paul is addressing something that really, I think, has been talked about perhaps um, a little bit, but not a ton. And it's this undercurrent, as you read it, it just goes, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life that's in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear, dear son, grace and mercy and peace from God to the Father and Jesus Christ, our Christ Jesus, our Lord, sorry. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as day and night. I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that you may be filled with joy. He couldn't see him though because I've been reminded of your sincere faith which lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm sorry, I just love the names in the Bible. Finally, some we can announce. Hey, some you can actually read. Lois and Eunice. Okay, weird, weird joke. And I'm persuaded now this faith lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that came into your life when I laid my hands upon you. For God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. So, Timothy, don't be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. That's the undercurrent, okay? But join with me in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and his grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it's now been revealed through appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel and of this gospel. I was appointed as a herald, an apostle, and a teacher, and this is why I am suffering. Yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I've believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him for that day. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the divine help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. There's a couple of moments there. I mean, just just tweet after tweet after tweet, isn't it? Just in, like, these are things that we hang our belief system hat on. These are, these are quotes, these are doctrine, these are, these are belief systems. But the undercurrent of what was going on, there's a little glimpse into it two or three times. Paul's in prison, and I think people are mocking him for it. I, I, I think that because he keeps saying, I'm not ashamed of these chains. I'm not ashamed to be a prisoner for the Lord. I'm not ashamed to be in this situation. And I wonder if people thought, flip, so, what an apostle he is. What a man of God he is. He believes all this stuff and yet he's in prison. What, what a belief system he must have to get, like to clear all this amazing stuff and yet he's locked up. And he just keeps on saying, look, in all honesty, Timothy, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not living under that. He, he actually goes on to say this, okay? I know whom I believe and I am convinced that he is the one who's gonna guard what I've entrusted to him to that day, a later day, other than today, other than when he's reading it, I know whom I believed. Excuse me, Paul, you little faux pas there. It's what you believe. It's what you believe, isn't it? In 2020, it's all about what you believe. You know, you just believe that, you believe this, and you believe a bit of that, bit of this, bit of this thing, a little bit of mixture. Galatians talks about this mixture of 
people getting to this point where they've got this kind of philosophy, that kind of philosophy, this kind of belief system. But, but Paul doesn't actually talk like that. He doesn't talk about what it is that he believes. He talks about whom he believes. I remember this conversation actually with my mum that kind of ended up in the similar place. My mum and I, we were able to talk about all sorts of things a lot of the time. She was just great like that with me, even when I was young. And I saw this news article about a place down the West Coast called Gloria Vale. What I was about to find out was a piece of information that would shock me and actually could have changed my life hugely because I was watching the news and all, for all the wrong reasons, this Gloria Vale had come into the news again and I was watching Mum Was Around at Our Place. And I began to watch the story, the South Island um, commune really is what it is. And actually what it was all about originally was they started out as pretty typical Christians. I don't know if you know that. The roots and the history right back to the original as they would have probably, maybe, attended something like Andersbrook. Been part of a church not too different. But what began to happen was this belief began to weave its way in that we needed to be, as far as they were concerned, aware and beware of the world. The world was evil. All the different thoughts and the different ways of the world would weasel their way in and they were fearful of the world and they were fearful. So what they, what they did was, because of this vein of teaching, they began to organize themselves and they used scripture to back some of it up. They used Acts chapter one and two. People were selling their houses. Like this is how it happened. They sold their houses and they shifted down to the West Coast and bought a bit of land so they could be safe for when Christ returned. All of the things that are in the scriptures, all in there. So that's what they did and that's what happened. So this community down there, and quite interesting because the leader, the main leader, the main whom, his belief was a run for the hills mentality out of a desire to want to please God. And, and actually God, Jesus, never told us to live like that. He never said we should grab our tinned foods and head for, I'll just name drop, Takaka. <laughs> just jokes. He never said that. You never just go for grey mouth. Why is it always the kooky places? You know, not not that it's kooky. If you're listening to this, all power to you. You know, you know, pack up your tent and go to Nelson. God, Jesus never said that. Instead, what he said was this. You ready for it? You need to beware of the force of the world. You, you're in the world, but you should never get to the point where you're of the world. But then Jesus says this. You need to go ahead and do exactly the opposite. Rather than running away for the hills, you need to run right into the world. You need to live in the world. You need to be a light in that place. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 28, you need to go into the world and you need to make disciples of all nations. Even nations that don't believe what you believe, don't see what you see, don't understand what you understand. You need to shine your light brighter. So the end of the news story, right? I say to mum, that is whack. Like, that, that is so out there, mum. And this is what my mum said, and it was an absolute bombshell. You ready for it? She said, we nearly shifted down there with them. I said, what? I said, what? She said, no, legit. She said, before they all moved down there, we'd been listening to the leader, this whom, hearing the teaching. And the teaching was actually kind of like, 
solid, but it had a ditch either side of it, right? And mum and dad wanted to be safe from the world too. And they even wanted to raise their kids to be safe from the influence of the world. So they, vi- they went down and they visited it. Like an open day. Now this before it went all uniformed and like, you know, the uniforms. That's what it means by uniformed. It, 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 it's before it got to that level. But mum and dad, they went down and they checked it out and they worked out what it would cost to be part of it and how they'd sell their house and how the money would be held in trust and it would go towards this great community because it seemed like the right thing to believe. Then they left their open weekend. Isn't this just the craziest thing? They left the open weekend, right? And mum said they prayed about it. And when they prayed about it, she said this, something wasn't quite right. Can you imagine me at Chlorovale? <laughs> I wore um, loafers the other day, and I wore them with no socks. And one of our board members, our elders, I won't name him, Rodney came up to me, and he said, <laughs> he said to me, the wind of the Spirit was moving during that message so powerfully that your socks are missing. <laughs> you know, can you imagine? Can you just imagine me at Gloriavale? I would have lasted about a week and a half, I reckon, and they would have said we weren't Christian or something, or I wasn't at least. But I want to say this, and I hope you catch the spirit of it, okay? What you believe really matters, but who you believe matters more. Eastern philosophy wouldn't like me saying that to you. Now, it's not that what you believe doesn't matter. It totally matters. But it's just that, who you believe. Paul is saying this, look, this is where I'm at. Look at what I'm going through. Look at where I'm at, Timothy. All these chains, these whippings, these beatings, they tried to stone Paul. They tried to ship him away. They told him they'd kill him, and he goes, good, then I'll be with my Lord. And they said, okay, no, we're not killing you then. We'll let you live. He goes, fine, the more I suffer, the more glory that's in it for for God. They just could not touch him because he says this, listen, I know whom I believe because when you're in a prison cell, what is becoming a little bit irrelevant? What do you believe about the stock market? Doesn't matter. What do you believe, Paul, about raising your kids? I believe lots of things, but I'm here in prison. What do you believe about you know, your future and about what could be and what might not be. It's irrelevant. What I have left is a ton of things I believe. He did have doctrine. Paul was a phenomenal theologian. That's why we have Pauline theology. That's why we have it. But he said at bedrock, what this is about for me, deep down in my spirit, he said this, I believe Jesus. I believe him to my core. And therefore I believe what he says And he said, because of that, I know he's not going to let me down. What I have entrusted to him. Many people in this room, you're wondering if God's really got what you've entrusted to him. Well, if he's got your heart, how will he not have your dreams as well? If your dream's funky and faulty and doesn't stack up, he'll sort that out in due time as well. I know whom I believe. Do you? In 2020, I'm not talking about when you're in youth group. In youth group, it was easier. Your mind was still, you know, jazzed up on hormones, wasn't it? We sung two fast songs, two slow songs. We did an ice cream sundae in a gutter, didn't we? 
Yeah, we did. And the Lord was good. Amen. You know, if the Lord is good, say amen. Amen. And then flipping heck, I went to this um, pastor's conference one time. Um, and it was a youth pastor's conference. And we were youth pastoring at the time. And they just came back with fresh stats out of Australia. That 4% of young people who go through youth ministry, this was in 2010, 8, 10, 4% of youth that went to youth group were making it back out the tail end and sticking in church. 4%. Because young people, listen to me. What you believe now is going to be a little bit different, formed a little bit different, shaped a little, same at the core. I know whom I believe, it's Jesus. But Jesus becomes relevant to you in different ways. Listen to me, 20-year-olds, same for you. I know whom I believed. We're living in a place now where belief is just so rampantly, wildly, contrastingly different, it seeped its way into the church, seeped its way into believers. To the point where if you began to talk about doctrine and talk about things we believe, it becomes argumentative. <laughs> Listen to me, 30-year-olds. By gosh, when you raise kids, you need to know what you believe now is gonna be a little bit different to what you believed as a 12-year-old. It is. You're gonna deal with different issues, different pressures, different stresses. Let me just talk to those who are separated, who for whatever reason your marriage didn't work out. What you believe in that season is gonna be different to what you believe just before you stood on the altar. It is. When you go through some knocks in life, some bumps in life, when you have loved ones pass away, you have to form and shape a new series of beliefs about what you still believe. What do you believe now they're in heaven with God? When you're believing this and believing that and you're standing on what you knew. See, that is why it's better to know not just what I believe, but whom. He will see you through every season. We've got teenage kids and we've got a couple of young adults' kids, kids, young adult kids. And let me tell you today in our 40s, what I believe now is needing to be shaped differently to what I believed in my 30s. More grace. More grace. Oh, man. Do you know who you believe? Today. You need to hear this message today, not just because you're living in 2020, but because of where you're at in life. So here's just a couple of thoughts, a couple of points. Jesus says your belief system is your foundation. That's the first thought. Matthew 7, 24 to 27, these words I speak to you, Jesus speaking. They are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner home improvements to the standard of living. They are foundational words. Now, this was on the tail end of the Sermon of the Mount, which is really a manifesto for Christian life. Worth studying if you want to know what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow Jesus. He said this, they're really words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Now, rain started pouring down, rivers start flooding up, a tornado hits. This is like El Nino. Like, what is going on? I think global warming was back here. Sorry, too sensitive. But he said nothing moved that house. It was just like in bedrock. It was fixed to the rock. Context again, these words I give to you. In other words, things you hear, 
become belief systems, become faith, become foundational, become what you believe. Listen, but if you, I mean, this is just huge now. If you just use my words in Bible studies, if you just use my words for Bible studies and don't work them into your life, or I'll paraphrase, real life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on Sandy Beach. The same storm rolls in, the waves come up, and it collapses like a house of cards. And I bet you've felt that. I bet you've felt moments where the rug's been pulled out from under your feet. Do you know what it is? It's a sign that it's time to grow your belief system. Hear it again. The moment life feels a bit rocky around sexuality, around relationships, around theology, around money, you know, Jesus did a whole teaching on money, that money is, the love of money is the root of all evil. Why? Because it can easily end up dictating to you what you do in life, what you believe about these things, many, many things, many, many things about God, about the world. If you feel like sinking sand, it's just a sign you've got to get back to rock solid. Do you like that? You know, we're, in Christian life, we're so dumb, we're so like, we're a pass or a fail. We're in or we're out. You've got it or you don't. You believe or you don't. Rubbish. Rubbish. A belief system, faith, is like yeast working its way through dough, Jesus said. You're working it. You're working it. But you need to know this. When storms hit, belief is tested. If it's true, you'll be refined like gold. But if it was rot, it's going to break up all around you. It's probably a good thing. Some stuff's breaking up around your life it means you are building on rock. You've got an opportunity right now to build on solid rock. What do you believe? Here's another one. You have to work out what you believe, not just default what you believe. Philippians 2, 12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, and this is the caveat, ready? You also obey much more in my absence. In other words, guys, you're not attending Bible school. You're not attending a classroom situation. When you're all alone and you haven't got this and you haven't got this and you haven't got small group, what are you living? What do you believe? He says this, you ready? Continue to work out your salvation, not your parents, not your mates, with fear and trembling. I thought I might do a bit of an exegesis on those words to try and translate them a little bit nicer. I, trans I, I, I looked up fear in the Greek, fear and trembling. Do you know what fear means? Terror. I thought, wow, translate that one into something nice. With this, with this deep down, oh my gosh. I, will you experience terror from God? Not in the love of Christ. For there is no fear in perfect love. Why would God say then you need to, with fear and trembling, work out your salvation? Because it's about the only thing he can't do for you. Hello? Are you awake? About the only thing he can't do for you is work out what the flip you believe. You need to put some acid. You need, I don't mean it in a negative way. You need to work it out. In other words, I'm not defaulting. He said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And then here's the hope. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So if you do that part, if you get real serious about what you believe, God's going to be there in the midst of you working it out. 
when you go to the gym, okay, if you go to the gym, because you don't want to go to the gym, when you walk, walk in, you've got to pick that stuff up. You've got to work it. It's not going to, you're not going to get ripped, freak, by walking in the doors. That's a protein supplement. I'm sponsored. But you're not going to walk in, okay? You're not going to walk in the doors and automatically happen, and neither is your beliefs. Even hearing a good word like this, it's what you go home and think about later, that really. That re- it's what you consider. It's, it's what you mull over. What do you believe? And can I, this is impractical. Can I just say as well, one more thing on this. Parents, your kid's belief system isn't getting worked out automatically either. Your pastors are not actually the sole responsibility for spiritually feeding your kids. You show me in the scripture where we are. Every parent who brought their kid today here to church, kudos to you. You're swimming against the tide. You care about your kids. You want them to be, you know, we know what goes on in the kids' ministry and they're hearing the word of God and they're praying. They're being taught the word. They're being taught the things of God and they're having fun. And there'll be some of your kids that are a bit naughty, okay? But we're okay with that. <laughs> they are. They're a bit mis... You, you got to get off the red cordial. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Vegan's the way for you. Oh, another belief system there. Hey. But, but couples, couples, are you, can I just ask you all the couples a question? Are you guys still believing the same thing as each other? Like, are you going on the journey or, do, or do one of, have one of you been landlocked in something you had from yesteryear? Here's one way to test what you believe about the sovereignty of God. Do you stop and pray when there's a problem? Is prayer your first response or it is your last reaction? This sucks, this message, eh? <laughs> and then finally, <laughs> finally. <laughs> oh, this is worth saying. It's a really good thing to question what you believe. Here, it's a really good thing to question your, what you believe. As long as you're going to work it out. Silence isn't working it out. Isolation isn't working it out. Building your belief just off podcasts that only support your argument isn't working it out. We've got this person in our connect group. She's beautiful, beautiful spirit. She gets to connect group, and it's like as soon as we're finished, our little mun- you know, munchies, what is that? As soon as we're finished, what do you call it? Supper. What, thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Confirmed it. We're only two or three gathered. So, so at the end of it, we sit down. Right, guys, what should we talk about? This lady always goes, I've got a question. Okay, let's do it. Every time, nearly every time, about three or four questions, and the grunty, and the gritty. And did you know that theology was actually, I just quoted it as a joke, but it says that where any two or three are gathered, there in the midst of them I am. And one version says that when you are there together touching anything on earth, okay, God comes together in a way with you where it's also worked out in heaven. And it's a direct relate quote to what we believe and what we agree, agreeing on anything. It's not that you get to make up theology. It's not that. It's that in the process. And so a lot of people are working out their theology in silence, isolation, in their own head. That's not how you do it. It's okay to question what you believe as long as you do it through relationship, okay, through discipleship, through the light of the Word of God. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Let's get back to some of those fundamental things. Yeah? And through 
believers working together. Lastly and finally this, belief system is foundation. You've got to work it out. It's not automatic. Finally this, greater levels of faith or belief are carried in greater levels of connection. Paul says, I know whom I've believed. I'm persuaded that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him to that day. Verse 13. Hey, that clock, is that the, is that the total time or is that the message time? The total, including ministry. Well, I don't believe in that. <laughs> anyway, he said this. Okay, this is on the end of what I know whom I believe. You ready? Why do I, am I sitting like this? It's so weird. I know whom I believe. Ready? What you heard from me, keep it. Okay, you just drill in for one last minute. Ready? I'm just going to read some stuff. I'm going to pray. What you heard from me, keep is the pattern of sound teaching. There should be a pattern to your belief, a pattern to your faith. It's okay. You know, sometimes when our drummers are drumming, Tim, not so much, but um, not Harrison either, uh, but but not even Jesse. Well, there's so many drummers. Why so many drummers in the room for this illustration? But but they actually have, I don't know if you know this, but they actually have a click track playing um, and, it's, and it's keeping them in time. And every now and then they'll lose tempo. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll come off the time. But, but, it actually says this. It's really, really important. The pattern of sound teaching that you learnt from me, guard that good deposit. It was entrusted to you. Guard it now another relationship with the help of the Holy Spirit. Everything God does in the kingdom and everything He does in our lives is through the divine click track of relationship. Yeah. Your beliefs have come through and from those who have been most influential to you. Could have been misbeliefs you got, or it could have been the truth. God's word is what determines it. But even the truth travels through the channels of significant relationship. We've got Jesus in there. I know whom I've believed. We've got Paul. Hey, keep the sound teaching that I've taught you. And then thirdly, got the Holy Spirit. By the way, they're not on the same level, but for the point of this point. Ultimately, Paul believed God. He believed Jesus. And he believed as well that because of Timothy, his influence with Timothy, that the right beliefs, the right faith could travel down into his life. I wonder this this morning, who's speaking into your life? Who are you working what you believe out with? What do you believe? Who do you believe? You know, some of us believe in Jesus, but it's actually someone else we believe, a podcaster. We haven't quite got to the point where it's really faith in Him. That's okay. might be a journey. I feel like, I, I just wrote this, and I just feel like a, a little bit of a, if I, if I could take this posture, an older brother, a bit of a dad's heart for a minute. You ready? I feel like some of you need to have more coffees with each other and more lunches. And you need to stop just talking about golf. Start with golf. That is not a direct quote to Pat Schoen because he's a very good golfer. I, I'm just letting you know, Pat, don't just talk about music. Don't just talk about the week. Start there, but this is where you need to go to. Hey, what do you reckon about the love of God? Hey, what do you reckon about grace? How far does it reach? Hey, what do you reckon about final judgment? Hey, what do you reckon about heaven? Hey, what do you reckon about tongues? Hey, what do you reckon about the gifts of the Spirit? Hey, what do you think about sexuality and how this works? I pray 
that we would start as Annasbrook. That's that line. You ready? I'm coming, it's coming in for a part, a landing. I know whom I've believed, okay? And I am persuaded. Our church needs a real solid dose of persuasion. Strength. Strength from the front to the back, left to the right. Strength. You are the church. You're going to go out from here. You're going to be the church. Just don't know. I believe. I'm persuaded. This I believe. This I believe. This I believe. And in 2020, I want to let you know a couple of things. This I believe. I believe God is good. I believe He's the creator of all. I believe that He is three in one. Even though I can't quite work that out, I fully believe it. I believe that He gave His Son as a gift for us all. I believe in the finished work of the cross. In other words, when He died on the cross, it finished, finished the work that was required so we could be free. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe He always hears us. I believe in grace, the undeserved, unmerited favour of God. I believe He is for us. I believe He is kind through and through. He could be strong in that kindness, but I believe it's out of kindness. I believe in His correction. There's been points where He's nudged me and moved me. And actually at the time, it wasn't that fun. But my gosh, I'm so glad that He loved me that much. I believe He's always with us. I believe greater things are ahead for us than what is behind us. I believe His way of life is a better way of life. It might not be the easier way, but I believe it's better. I believe He cares. I believe there's nothing and no one better than Him. I believe He loves us. I believe He breaks chains. I believe in the Word of God. I believe in the, that He gives sight to the blind, both physically and spiritually. I believe in the power of God. I believe that anyone can be saved. Anyone who believes in Him, like the Bible says, and confesses that He is Lord. I believe that He is greater than the world. So I'm not getting my tin beans and shifting out of here. I want to get more into the world, not of it, but into it, so the world can know there is a God like this. Anyone say amen. I believe He heals. I believe in heaven. I do believe in hell. I believe how those things are worked out are very divine. I believe God is the judge of all. I believe He's coming again. I believe there are much greater things ahead for us than what is behind. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Do you? It's okay. If you're, if you're like, that's okay. I bet it's better than it was a year ago. You're like, come on, we're on a journey. We're on a journey. I want everyone to stand at their feet this morning. And I just want, if we can, I know I've, I've gone over in time. But I, 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 um, I just feel like, Jared, if it's okay, um, you can say no. If you said no, I'd, I'd honour it. But I just, he's shaking his head. <laughs> I just want to, um, I want you to, with me, just for a minute. Can you bring that song up? We trust you enjoyed this message. And if you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch. You can either visit our website or email us at info at annasbrook.co.nz.